Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and this is a a bonus episode. And I'm doing it because I want it to have a permanent place to live. This is something that I share in response to emails very often. It is something that I share on other people's podcasts, and very recently, something that I shared inside the mastermind of my very good friend, Brooke Thomas. And, you know, if you're new to the Primal Potential podcast, come back to this one, go through the numbered episodes for sure. But I, a couple years ago, shared the story of our daughter Dagny and her very unexpected death. And I'm not going to retell that story here, but if you aren't familiar with it, you can go back to end of March 2020 um, and you can hear us hear us share that story shortly after it happened. But there's a lot that has happened since that I haven't shared on the podcast stuff that is not only very personal to me, but also that feels important to share for a few reasons. One of those reasons being that I know a lot of people go through very hard things in life. And I can't imagine anything harder than than losing a child. Um, and so I think some of this might touch folks who are going through a tough time, but also because as I'm recording this, we are just a couple weeks away from the second annual Dagny Foundation event, which is both in person on Cape, but also virtual. So no matter where in the world you are, you can participate and you can support. And I don't think that I have historically done a good job talking about why this foundation exists and why we do what we do and how important it is to have uh, more eyes and ears knowing about it, more folks supporting it. So for those reasons, 
I am going to share it. And again, if you don't know the backstory of our daughter Dagny, scroll back to March 2020 episodes and and you can hear Chris and I sharing back then. But I want to pick up this story after Dagny died. And, you know, when I say March 2020, I think the month that we lost Dagny. But a lot of people in the world think the month the world shut down because it was. Because March 2020 represented such an unprecedented, honestly unimaginable time in the world. I specifically remember the days after Dagny died and planning services for her and realizing I didn't have anything to wear because I was just you know, a few weeks postpartum and, you know, your maternity clothes don't fit, your pre-baby clothes don't fit, and I couldn't go to a store. Like, every store was closed. And I hadn't, of course, been watching the news, so I was just, you know, stunned by that and shocked by that. And even online, shipping times were dramatically delayed because... Since stores were closed, everything was being shipped. So I I couldn't even buy anything online. Truly, truly. I remember not only did I not have anything to wear that would fit, Chris didn't have a suit. Because, you know, we're just not dress up people. I'm sure a lot of men his age have suits or many suits, but he's just never worked in a profession where he had to wear a suit. And, and for formal events in his family, they wear kilts. So he didn't have a suit. And it was actually Brooke and her husband who reached out to people and knew Chris's sizes and managed to get a couple suits here from people who were willing to let him borrow one, people we didn't know, which is crazy. Never would there be a time where like, never has there been a time where you couldn't walk into a store and just pick something up. And it was just an element that not only made everything more complicated, but also more surreal. So anyway, you know, a lot of people in our lives, as I've shared before, COVID was very new. We didn't understand the impact. People were terrified and we just didn't have many people around us. And I would, as I know I've shared before, I would drive to the canal near where we, where we live and I would walk. And I wrote about this a little bit in Tools for the Trenches that I would just sob uncontrollably, but I also needed to have a place to do that other than in front of my husband because to this day, we grieve in very different ways. And I think part of it is a male-female thing. Part of it is, um, you know, I was so immediately postpartum and I was still producing milk and I had a very different bond with her having carried her. And 
you know, all of those things I, I'm sure were factors, but also just our inherent personalities and the fact that Chris enlisted in the military when he was just 17 years old. So that's a, that shaped a big part of who he is and how he, how he handles things. To this day, it's very, very hard for him to see me emotional. And that was heightened in the weeks and months after Dagny died. So I would go to the canal 99.9% of the time he would not come with me and I was okay with that. And I would walk and just sob to the point where I think most of us have probably experienced when you cry so hard that you really have a hard time catching your breath. And in the first couple of weeks, I remember it was mostly like a desperate prayer, but also just a response to feeling so lost in every way. I didn't know what to do about work. I didn't know if I would ever work again. I really didn't. I genuinely, in that time, did not know if I could, if I would, if I could ever want to again. Uh if we would have kids again. I mean, it, crazy. I'll get back to this sort of desperate prayer thing in a second. But the very day that Dagny died, it might even been it might have even been thirty minutes or so before she died, and we we knew that that's what was imminent. One of her doctors said to us. We were like right outside her little bay. And they said, you know, you need to wait at least 18 months before you get pregnant again. And immediately, Chris said, yeah, I don't think I can ever do that again. So there was so much, I mean, so much going on. And I would just walk and think or pray or both, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Because I didn't know what to say to anybody, including my team at work that was holding things down for a really long time. I didn't know what to say to Chris, what to do with Chris anything, what, what to do with my minutes of my day. And I would just over and over and over, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? What would you have me do? And one day, in what was literally the only moment of clarity I experienced after Dagny died, for, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know a year or more, clear as day, I heard, not, not like an audible voice booming from the sky or anything, but I just like had a knowing, just walk with me. Just walk with me. And 
it didn't seem like enough. Nothing seemed like enough. It didn't, it didn't feel like this profound, like, oh, okay, that'll make a difference. But it did feel doable. Literally and figuratively, I can put one foot in front of the other. I can just walk with the fear, with the uncertainty, with the grief, with the trauma, with the heartache. And I believe that 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 message is a huge part of what allowed me then and still allows me now to not judge any parts of grief. You know, I've gotten some shit on this show. No, no joke. You guys, some of you might be surprised. Some of you, probably nothing surprises you. But when I have shared just being honest and being vulnerable about things that hurt, things that I didn't understand, I've gotten some people who have messaged me and said, um, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. I'm concerned that you feel that way or you should see it like this. You should be able to see this perspective and that perspective. And having that clarity just walk with me has been a big part of me not having judgment about where I am in my grief. Even now we're, we're two years out. We're two years out and I still can't talk about her without crying and that's okay. We're two years out and there's still things that happened that have nothing to do with Dagny. Like they're not things that happened to Dagny, but there are things that happened in the weeks and months afterwards that are still painful and that's okay. There are still things that were said that I don't know how I'll feel about it in another year or five years or 10 years, but right now that it's still painful, that's okay. That's okay. And there's a lot of peace in not being judgmental. Don't get me wrong. When people message me and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. I'm like, who do you think you are to tell anybody in grief how they should feel like that just doesn't reflect you haven't been where they've been you haven't walked where they've been even if you're somebody who has lost a child you share a circumstance but you don't share all the circumstances and we're different people so like there's a lot of peace in embracing where I'm at in my journey there's not necessarily a ton of peace in like reacting to the people who tell me how I should feel or what I should do or how I should respond because I personally don't feel like anybody can tell anybody how to feel about pain or loss or grief or whatever. So I heard that loud and clear just walk with me and there was there was an acceptance that I had for that message and I feel like it was a day later, you know, who knows? It could have been a week later. It could have been an hour later. 
But it was shortly after that moment, that only moment of clarity that I had for, I don't know, maybe even more than a year after Dagny died, I was driving back to the canal and I was stopped at a light. I know exactly where I was. And I'm one of those people. And when I'm driving, I don't notice very much. I'm, I'm not one to like take in my surroundings. I'm usually one of those people that gets there and thinks, how did I get here? I don't remember any of the drive. But on that particular day, stopped at the light. I noticed the truck that was across from me. And I would very, very rarely recognize, notice, pay attention to anything or anyone stopped across from me at a light. But on this day, it was a Johnny Walker black box truck. And in huge letters stenciled on the truck, it said, keep walking. And I'm sure there are coincidences everywhere in life, but I also think there's a, there's a knowing that comes when something isn't a coincidence. When something that is meant for you. And that not only was that meant for me, I think it was also meant for Dagny's legacy. Because I haven't forgotten it and the moments are just so crystal clear in my mind when very few moments of my life are that crystal clear as time goes by. But there are some other crazy things that happened that, that I want to share with you that I'm not... I know some of them I have never shared before. This is the first time I'm sharing some of them. Uh, I found out I was pregnant with Roman exactly six months from the day that Dagny was born. Which was also crazy because, you know, I've been told for so long that I would never get pregnant naturally. And Dagny was such a miracle because we got pregnant immediately when we started trying. And then here we were postpartum and in, in tremendous stress. And your body doesn't want to reproduce when you're under so much stress. And I was just so grateful to be pregnant. And the reason that Roman's middle name is Ephraim is because Ephraim means twice fruitful. And I just felt like Dagny and Roman were such tremendous gifts. And, and I was so grateful to, to bear two children that we named him Roman Ephraim. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I didn't even know what was coming. <laughs> Months after Roman was born, at like four in the morning, I texted my girlfriend a picture of another positive pregnancy test. And it was like super, super early. I knew she would be asleep. And I was hoping I didn't wake her up. And a few hours later, this is when I found out, you know, that I was pregnant with the pregnancy I'm carrying now. Of course, I didn't know it was twins at that point. But she responded to that picture of the positive pregnancy test with a scripture. And she didn't tell me like what, what it was. She just gave me the verse itself. She said, um, I mean, she, gave, she told me what the, the, the verse was, but she didn't cite it, like where in the Bible it was. And I didn't think much of it, but, but what she sent me was glory 
belongs to God, whose power is at work in us. And by this power, he can do infinitely more than we ask or imagine. And you know, on the one hand, getting pregnant again so quickly felt like that, like God doing more than I could ask or imagine. But at the same time, there was this like cynical voice in my mind that was like, well, <laughs> not really, because Dagny died. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I could get on board with that if she had lived. But I appreciated the sentiment and can certainly see the truth in it, even even as I wrestle with it, because very few things in life are just this. They're this and that. They're happy and sad. They're clear and kind of ambiguous. I mean, there's just a lot of, we want them to be just this way. And I think that's a big flaw in a lot of our thinking, but really it's it's this and so much more. It's not this or that. It's this and that. So it was a few weeks later that I went in for that ultrasound where I found out that we were having identical twin girls. And I'm not the kind of person to do like a big gender reveal with my family or, you know, plan some cute way of announcing that we have twins. I'm just not. I love that there are people who do those kinds of things. But Chris and I are just a little bit more like send a text message like, hey, ultrasound went well. It's twins. <laughs> you know, we did not do any fanfare. I didn't do it for him. We didn't do it for our families. In fact, when I was driving home from the hospital, because it's like if there's no traffic going home, it's like an hour and a half. So I didn't want to tell Chris over the phone. I did want to tell him in person, but no like special cute announcement or whatever. So I I called my mom on the way home and told her the story that I told on the podcast about the freaking ridiculous ultrasound that took forever and uh, finding out that, you know, it was identical twin girls. And then I told her about the verse that my, my friend Cindy had sent me the morning that I texted her that I was pregnant. And so, you know, I, I kind of like just paraphrased it from my mom, like, you know, God will do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine because finding out that it was twins was just felt like a, a, just a divine movement in our lives. I mean, two babies, but twin girls, you know. And so as I said that to my mom, she said, that's Ephesians 3.20. Well, 320 is the day that Dagny died. Which is interesting, that promise that God has the power to do more than we could ask or imagine is a promise made the day Dagny died. <laughs> and not only that, you know, we... we chose the name Ephraim as Roman's middle name because it means twice fruitful and here we are months after he's born expecting identical twin girls. So, you know, that was several months ago now and and just this past week I was chatting with my girlfriend Brooke because she wanted me to share with one of her mastermind groups about the Dagny Foundation. 
and uh, they're they're going to be supporting us from Southern California. Those that can't, you know, be here with us in June for for the event. And she asked me, you know, if there was any particular scripture that made me think of of Dagny or, uh, and and I shared Ephesians three twenty and how three twenty is also the anniversary of of her passing. And then I said, she asked if there was any particular song. And I said, you know, there's a song that I think came out right around the time that she died. And when I would walk on the canal, I would listen to it over and over and over and over again. And to this day, I can't listen to it without crying. And the song is called The Blessing by Carrie Job. If you haven't heard it, whether you're a faithful person, Christian person or not, I think it's an amazing song. The Blessing by Carrie Job, K-A-R-I-J-O-B-E. And I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. But it's also, to this day, a very tough one for me to hear because the blessing is a blessing over you and your families. And it says, um, I'm going to pull up the lyrics so I don't, so I don't screw it up here. Um, May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. And on the one hand, I found it super hopeful because, you know, uh, just a few months after Dagny died, I was pregnant again with Roman and I would, and even before I was pregnant with Roman, you know, uh, because I certainly listened to it a thousand times before then, I remember walking with my hand on my belly and just praying that there would be more children and their children and their children that I would get to experience in my life. But at the same time, it hurt so much because I felt like I don't get to see Dagny grow up and I don't get to see Dagny's children or Dagny's children's children. But I still prayed it with such urgency. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children, and their children. And so I'm texting this to Brooke, and I'm thinking, she's much more, uh, you know, if I threw a scripture out there, she would know She would know what it was right off the bat. And so I'm like, I'm saying that this song came out around then, but I better double check because the song's probably been out for like 20 years or something. So as we're texting, I just Google on my phone, the Blessing, Carrie Job, when was it released? And I'm going to pull up the screenshot here because I was like, no way. Let's see here. Let's see if I can find it. I know I can. Hmm. I'm going to go into my messages with Brooke because I know it's there. Because if I don't read it directly, I don't think y'all believe me because that's how crazy it is. The Blessing is a song performed by Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, and Elevation Worship, released as the lead single from Elevation Worship's 12th album, Graves into Gardens 2020, as well as Carrie Job's third live album, The Blessing 2020, on March 20th, 
2020. That song was released the day Dagny died. I mean, again, there are a lot of coincidences, but there's also, for me, a knowing when something isn't coincidence. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So I'm sharing this with Brooks Mastermind the other day on a video chat as I'm, I'm standing in my office and I realize I don't have any tissues and I'm, you know, crying, not losing it crying, but tears streaming down my face. And the only thing I had to grab was a sweatshirt of Chris's that's probably been in there for, I don't know, a year, <laughs> the dusty. And I'm wiping tears away with, uh, with that sweatshirt as I'm, I'm sharing this story. And Brooke was saying to her group, they're all, they're all women. I know we have men that listen to this show as well. But she was saying, we're all here daughters. You know, we're not all mothers. We're not all grandmothers. We're not all aunts. But we're all daughters. And when I think about the Dagny Foundation... I can't help but think about all the things that as a mom, I want to do for my kids. And there's not much that I can do for Dagny. You know, she's not here anymore. But in her honesty, in her honor as her legacy, I can help families heal. But I can't do it without support. And I'll tell you, you know, when I think about that song, The Blessing, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your children and their children and their children. When we can help a family heal, that impact can last a thousand generations. And similarly, if we don't help a family heal, that impact can last a thousand generations. You know, Brooke was saying to her group, her, her mastermind group that I was speaking to, she said, some of you guys can absolutely afford to give $20 or $40 or $50 for this cause. And she said, and some of you can afford to give $1,000 or $5,000 or $10,000 or more. And I, I, because of how close it is to me and, you know, it's some, sometimes it's like if you understand something really well, it's so obvious to you that you have, you don't explain it very well because you're like, well, of course everybody gets this. And sometimes that's how I feel about the Dagny Foundation because I walked infant crisis and infant loss. So I understand the need to support families who are walking that road. But I also can't assume that other people understand it. And I've been really struck by how unhealed families are a public health crisis right now. 
There are invisible wounds that we can't see, the hardest kind to support, that are impacting our communities, that are impacting our schools, that are impacting how parents are able or unable to show up for their kids that they have. And so much of healing begins with knowing that you are, you are not alone, that you are supported, that, it's, that somebody is there. And I, I know I speak not just for me, but also for my husband, Chris, and I speak for my mom and I speak for my sister, the people who were closest to us in the days after Dagny died. When I say that, we will use the Dagny Foundation to help families heal. And that we need your support in doing it. When we started looking at what we wanted to do to bring awareness to the Dagny Foundation and to raise money for the Dagny Foundation, I just knew instantly that it was a walk. Because that's what I was instructed to do after Dagny died. I, I knew that my charge was just walk one foot in front of the other. So we have our second annual Dagny Foundation 5K coming up. I will tell you that though there's a virtual option, we also get together here on Cape Cod for those that are local. And I'll tell you that 95% of people that show up walk. It is not a competitive race. <laughs> Chris came in third last year, if that tells you anything. Uh, Chris is not a runner, uh, but he was one of like three people running. <laughs> the rest of the folks were, were walking. So anywhere you are, anywhere you are in the world, you do not have to walk on June 11th. You can walk if you hear this in September, <laughs> you know? Uh, but what I would ask is that you go to the dagnyfoundation.org, the dagnyfoundation.org. Dagny does not have an E in it. D-A-G-N-Y. D-A-G-N-Y. I've seen every imaginable spelling of Dagny. The dagnyfoundation.org. Dagny is spelled D-A-G-N-Y. And give what you can. If you if you want to register for the 5K virtual or in person, amazing. Great. If you don't want to do that and you just want to make a donation, amazing. If you want to register for the 5K and make a donation on top of that, incredible. But this is, this is healing work. You know, the, the Dagny Foundation is still, is still new. It's still young. And, you know, we are learning firsthand that it takes a lot of time to get these things established and to to garner support, and I'm very grateful to have this community and this platform to help with that. Um, what we've been able to do so far is provide financial support because you know, when we were in this situation, I would have written any check, and I had that financial flexibility to, okay, we need to stay in the hotel, done. Well, before Dagny died, we were thinking, I, I remember it was, it was Joe, sitting next to me in the ambulance who said, if she survives this, it's going to be a long road. And in my mind, I'm planning, okay, we'll get an apartment in Boston and we'll stay there and we'll just, we'll just live in Boston until we can take Dagny home. 
and I had the financial means to make that decision. I didn't, I didn't think about money when we were planning her funeral. And thank God that I didn't have that additional stressor because I don't think I could have handled it. There are a lot of people who don't have that financial flexibility or that financial freedom. And, you know, we've been able to show up beside families and say, here, you know, we want to help with funeral expenses or we want to help with your medical bills, which can be tremendous. You, I mean, some of you who have been through extended hospital stays maybe have an idea, but it would blow your mind that you can rack up $100,000, $300,000 in days and for infants in crisis, it's often a lot longer than that. So, you know, that's what we've been able to do up until this point. But we have goals and dreams for the Dagny Foundation that far exceed what we've been able to do so far, what we can do so far. And our ability to do that, like most foundations out there in the world, hinges on your generosity. And I I heard another podcast say something like, you know, if every listener gave a dollar, we would far exceed our goals. And it's true here. It's true here. And I understand that it takes time out of your day to go to the dagnyfoundation.org and it takes time out of your day to find the link to click and put in your credit card information. I get it. But at the same time, even if you've never lost a child, and I pray that you have not, even if you don't have kids, you don't know anybody who's been through infant crisis, I really want to make this point that every single one of us are impacted by unhealed families and families who aren't supported. We are. We are impacted by that. Our children will be impacted by that. Even if they never are impacted directly by infant crisis or infant loss, they will be impacted by a family who hasn't healed. So I just wanted this to live out there, you know, for as long as podcasting exists, to ask you to take the time to support your community, to support this generation and the next generation and a thousand generations by helping us help families heal. You can go to thedagnyfoundation.org and you can participate in the 5K virtually or in person. You can make a donation. You can do anything like that. But thank you. If you're still listening, you're amazing. You're a trooper. <laughs> and I hope you'll consider sharing this episode. Share it out on your social media. Email it out to people in your address book. Uh, please share it. You know, um, we just... It does take a village. It takes more than a village. It takes the entire world, it seems. But uh, I hope that you will join us in our efforts to support families navigating infant crisis or infant loss and help families heal. In our girl's name, to keep Dagny's memory and her legacy and her impact alive. I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.